New Jersey, not cool. I love that Nancy found us twice, right? And you, you, you gotta be, be happy for that kid. Uh, <laughs> I say that in, in jest, but uh, you, you just gotta be happy for him because of how hard he's worked. And he still shows that if you work at your craft at an early stage, you learn over time to, as they say, stay on the floor. And he's found that way. Exactly. He's made himself into a, a legitimate three-point shooter from the standstill point. He's not a Reggie Miller type. He's not one of those guys who can come off screens and, and shoot the rock from deep like Reggie Miller. Of course, Ray Allen, the best pure shooter from long range, in my opinion, in the league history. But uh, Jason Kidd has made himself available and reliable to shoot those and make those knockdown three-point shots that he gets from double teams, throwing the ball down low. He's made himself into a, a threat. He's a fighter. I think he's a, made the third most threes in NBA playoff history, something like that. So kudos to Jason Kidd. We're not going to touch too much on this, but I want to talk about all the, some of the flack that LeBron James has received. No, um, I, I, I sit and I listen to all of that, and if I had to just, when you sit down and you break that all up and just look at it from what it is, for whatever reason, he has weaknesses and he has issues, and those out-of-court issues and weaknesses are starting to interfere with his basketball game, and I think that's a that's a problem that he needs to resolve quickly within another year because if it continues, because now we've had it two years in a row that he has a mental breakdown, and as a basketball watcher on a polo, I would have to say that he needs to figure that out, either on his own or on his own or with help, because his basketball right now is in his head. Well, let's let's talk about the help part of it, because before last season when he flamed out in Game 5 against the Celtics, up until that point, LeBron was the, was the ideal player. Everyone loved him. Yep. Then he could finish. If you could go to him at, at any point during the game and says, "Look, I need I need something here. Free throw, three point." Not just, not, not just basketball wise. He was thought of. He was highly thought of off the court as well. He was. He had no problems being a clutch player as a Pistons fan. You know, Pistons fan. Everybody follows me. Knows I'm a Pistons fan. I saw him destroy the Pistons in the Eastern Conference Finals. He scored 25 three point and 29 of 30. There was no doubt about him being a great closer. Last season against Celtics, he was not a closer. And then he made the horrible option of the decision and how the decision came about. The TV and all those things. Since that point, there's a horrible performance in the finals this year versus the Mavs, especially in the fourth quarter. Things have changed for him. I think he needs to look within himself first and develop his basketball game on the floor in terms of being a better scorer in mid-range, a better scoring in the low post. But off the court, he needs to surround himself with people who tell him no, who tell him when he's wrong. So those things I think he needs to do to become a better player and a better person. Speaking on that, you know, you and I see a lot of these guys out and out of their environment. 
and it's two minute. It's, it's almost like it's two minute guys is, that are around there with yes in their in their eyes, and then their thoughts, and then a uh, speech pattern. Basically, because they are looking to hold on and take a check. And now that is starting to erode what we growing up watching as it, in pro sports, football, and basketball. For whatever reason, that hadn't happened yet in Major League Baseball, which I don't, I don't think will. But right now, the two major sports, basketball and football, that has become an issue. And I don't know whether it's because these guys have have a different mentality as they grow up and come out of high school program because when they get to college, it changes. You know, whether it's a one-year, two-year, three-year deal, uh, somewhere along the way, they think, okay, this is a business, this is my job, and I'm the only one that's working. You know, so how does that, how do you go about, how do you, how do you suggest that goes about changing? I think he's got to look within himself first because as long as he surrounds himself with people telling him yes all the time, he's not going to change. They're not going to tell him what he needs to change. He needs to change on his own. He needs to change some of those people around him. He needs to probably get folks who tell him, yo, man, this is wrong. You should not say that. You should not have said after the game. He said the things about his life being better than, you know, I knew he meant he didn't say it where he meant it. But I also knew once he said it, he was going to receive a lot of negative flack from people who are looking at anything he says and to turn it into a negative about him right now. Right now, LeBron can do any, he cannot do any right. All he, all he does is wrong. Anything he says will be construed as wrong. Anything he does will be construed as wrong. So he's got to change that perception about him. And as bad as it has gone for him these last 11 months to 12 months, he needs to take that time to turn that around for him in the future. He can, if he turned around wrong these last 12 months, he can turn around right for him over the next 12 months. But let's touch on other stuff because we're going to bounce around top of the top and doing our podcast. We'll see how it goes. It's on the fly here. Next month, month July is going to start the recruiting period. And we'll say the fun time for college coaches. All about, all about fun. Uh, well, so you say that it's start out stressful and you're just because a lot of play, a lot of talent, fire all over the country. Um, you and I are hope, hopefully we'll be able to catch a few tournaments here in the area. Um, an article on uh, ESPN.com by Hoop Girls was uh, written a few days ago about uh, basically some advice for parents, parents of uh, girls, high school basketball players. Players who are getting ready for the July recruiting period and playing in front of the coaches. And it was basically a, almost a checklist of how players and parents should comport themselves, like the word comport themselves, in front of the coaches. And I know you wanted to touch on it and add your three cents, so have at it. Well, let's start with what what. what. What happened? What it all boils down to? Nobody understands whether they're a basketball coach or a parent uh, as far as what's right and what's wrong, what they should and shouldn't do during the evaluation period. And that's all it is, just an evaluation period. They, they mention that it's a contact evaluation period. That only means that you see the kid 
watch the kid and you ask questions and you buy a packet. Some of these packets that they're uh, alluding to uh, can charge, can start at $150 and go up to $500, depending on the size of the tournament and the evaluation of how much information is, is available. And this is in print form, not online, what you can find. That's why you have uh, interns and GAs. That's what they're in the office for. But for whatever reason, uh, recruiting has changed, not just over the last five years, but over the last ten years. I remember a conversation that we had in the uh, 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 back in the station year old, a little over ten years ago where a college coach uh, informed us that within four to five years that uh, the women were going to catch up with the fellas and put, pretty much pass them as far as not so much scandalism but the way things are done during the summer you know traveling uh, parents getting involved a third party getting involved and that's what I call it I'd, r- I'd rather not go right. to the, to the um, gutter with it but we just I, I just reference it all as third party hopefully the new NC2A administration will which they're firing out at now right now is getting going after the third party person because you and I have watched that Ohio State situation just crumble because of a third party we've watched basketball programs crumble coaches move around because they're running from the, the third party person that got involved with just putting that control themselves. And the sad part is, you're talking about grown men and grown women that ain't that 30s, 40s, got families and all, but they are so in love either with the program are so in love with uh, getting their hands on a piece of the pie that they just couldn't control themselves to the point that they accepted some things from that money, gifts, have offered money, gifts. And the book says, point blank, what you offer one, you must offer to all. Correct. And that does not happen on any level. You and I both see that on a regular basis. Yes. Everyone talks about, you know, about, about clean programs. It's like they're not all clean politicians, not all straight laced. Right. Same thing is on the college level. Correct. Right. Because at the end of the day, it still rolls down to can you sell your program? Can you make money off of it? And can you keep your your daily budget costs down? Let's, let's, because uh, what we're talking about right now, we could have a whole two, three, four podcasts on that. Let's talk about, let's shift up a little bit and talk about the players' work ethic on the high school level, on the college level. Has it, has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Uh, it's gotten worse. The conversation I had yesterday with a uh, coach, and we talked about that. Um, for whatever reason, entitlement has now filtered down, not from a senior citizen, which I'm a part of that crew now. Uh, we're fighting for some things. But we worked that. We worked to get to where we are. These kids are coming out of high school and middle school and feel like, oh, 
then, you know, that's, that's a part of my lifestyle that I've grown up with, so I expect that to happen. Well, that's not going to happen unless you put some work into it. And kids, yes, boys and girls. Yes, yeah. boys and girls. The, the sad part is we've gotten to a generation of athletes coming through that instead of having the mindset to work to get better, they have to be told and pointed in the right in the direction to get to that point. And, and, and individuals initiative somewhere has gone out the window and I don't know where when it started, neither did the coach, and we still fall back to it's at home. You know, because somebody has to initiate a mindset of you got to work. You want to get somewhere, you got to work. You want to eat, you got to have want to have a roof over your head, you got to work. You can't just lay up on somebody. So apparently, you know, the kids look at it as as, as entitlement, and if I don't want to work, I don't have to. And then, and then some players, not all, of course, we're not like making them. No, we're not that, breaking up, but, but we do know that there are some instances where uh, players or coaches tell players to do certain things, and those players don't do it. And you get recruited over. Exactly. And programs, there are certain programs in this country, um, in the Division One level, that still have that mindset as far as the coach is concerned. You know, you will get recruited over. If, you're not, if you don't put up any work, if you don't put any work out, you get recruited over. Because you and I both know that when they hear that name called and say, you got a scholarship, kid parent must understand that's only one year. It's right. one year in renewable, and none of them hear that until it's too late. And at that point, they're pushed out the door. But you have to go and talk about your, uh, you know, the landing part once that process happens. Well, I want to just talk about this, and this may be something that we feature or talk about during during these podcasts. You and I have, are, have a friend of ours, a colleague of ours, James Clayton, who uh, has a camp, Tom Henderson camp, coming up uh, starting on the 20th. And also, week of the 20th and week of the 27th, both are going to take place place at Lutheran High North. Yeah. Uh, phone number for more information on that. Clayton, I don't think we'll mind this. Is a two eight one seven four three four five nine two. Once again, that number is two eight one seven four three four five nine two. And Tom Henderson played with the Rockets, NBA player, played with the Bullets back when the Washington Bullets were the Bullets, not the Wizards. For you youngsters out there who don't know that. Um, with little bullet running around. It's a skills camp. It's a, it's a camp for boys and girls. So more information how the camp cost is only $75 uh, for one child. That's for the week. It's $75 for the entire week. Um, and more than one child, it's $50 per child. There's no lunch provided, so you have to bring your own lunch. But they're looking for uh, kids to participants in the camp. So parents, if you want to get your child out of the house for a while, this is a good thing to do. So call up 281-743-4592. Now, uh, I want to, this is not basketball, but this is the top of my head because uh, this won't take long in, in the discussion. But this is a football deal. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, agent, Jarrell Pryor. All I want to do is talk about this one thing. 
Gerard Pryor, quarterback at Ohio, the Ohio State University, declared and announced himself he's going to throw his name into the NFL supplemental draft. Drew Rosenhaus said that he's convinced he believes wholeheartedly that Terrell will be chosen in the first round of the supplemental draft. Point blank, my first thought was he's lying to his client because there's no way, no one in the NFL or in the football believes to real prior is a first-round grade. So point blank, right off the bat, that's a case of an agent lying to a client. Okay, now, uh, with that being said, on yesterday, Herb Edwards said something that I hadn't thought about, and I had actually forgotten about this. The best arm in the combine and in this last draft was Ryan Mallett. Best arm. Right. He went in the third round. Correct. Goes back to what you just said. Too many of these guys are listening to the wrong person. That's unrealistic. But, like you said, to a fault, we always forget one basic fact in all of this. All it takes is one person. One team. Very true. All it takes one person to draft him. I would, I, I would just... And the only reason I said say that is because we all looked at Tim, you know, Tim Tebow. Tim, Tim, Tim Tebow situation. You know, Cam at, at Newt. And... When you, when you look at those two situations, you it boiled down to all it took was one thing. Sure. And, uh, you know, without a doubt, this takes one team to select him. I'd still be shocked if anybody wastes a first round or second round pick on to a prior in a supplemental draft. Because that means you've got to give us that pick in next year's regular draft. And I just can't see to a prior not a first round grade, in my opinion. No. But it's all about, to me, an agent lying to a client. That's what he thought. Yeah, like he just lied to Oh, yeah. Him. But, we're going to pull it back and, and wrap it up, uh, you know, shortly here. Talk about basketball. Anything you want to talk about in terms of the local scene uh, regarding Rice, U of H, um, I do, I'll just toss this out there. I do expect um, U of H and TCU on women's side to make a, announcements regarding their uh, new assistant coaches within a week. So look for that. Um, we'll have more information regarding anybody, especially next month in July when all recruiting stuff starts. Uh, speaking of that, um, HB, I found out that HBU would be adding a, a another a third assistant this year. Um, so uh, Coach Gleason, uh, who just got on the job, who's been on the job now a year. Coach Gleason, everybody doesn't know. Um, local kid, played at St. Agnes, went out to uh, SMU and played under the R Square. Wanda, Wanda went taller for And she recruited out of the Avenue. So, you know, she, it, it works well. It's, it's a good fit. And now she will be adding a uh, third assistant and that's imminent as far as uh, that, that person being named. So that's, that's great. I mean, that, that means that uh, HBU's budget, I guess, is allowing her to add a third assistant. So that's, that's fantastic. So we're going to wrap it up. You know, we talked about a lot of different things today. Uh, you can check out my website, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. Links to the email. I'm going through changes, and my site is evolving once again. For those of you who follow me for years, I appreciate you, and I thank you for your support. I'm also not afraid, not ashamed to say that uh, KG and the Fifth World Wildcat have no problems uh, talking to anybody who's willing to looking or interested in sponsoring our work. If you like what we're doing, 
we travel all around the city and the state and the country uh, covering basketball and physical Wildcats case covering college sports. So uh, he covers basketball, baseball, and literally football. We do travel around the country. So uh, we uh, we enjoy what we do. So um, if you want to talk to us about sponsoring either one of us, visit my site. You visit his blog. Give out, give out your blog address. Uh, my, my blog address is uh, the College Sports Report. Um, it's on uh, Blogger. You can uh, locate it uh, at uh, uh, the acronym of AKSV, the College Sports Report. And um, like I said, I think you'd be going to uh, cover whack football. Oh, yeah. Like, they, as well, so. fact, they just made an announcement. So let me put this out here because it was supposed to happen last week, but uh, my, um, it's, it's on the website now. Uh, they are in the process of adding Seattle University. Correct. And who is one of the, who produced one of the greatest 50 NBA players, Elgin Baylor. And uh, it'll be interesting how that. Uh, that's a good move for Seattle. I think it's a good move for the WAC. Uh, you know, we've, through all the machinations and the evolution of the WAC, when Rice was a part of the WAC, yeah. um, I feel for who's in the tech, personally, because I don't got to go from Rust into Seattle, so this has more than the travel expenses. But I think it's a good move for Seattle. I think it's a good move for the WAC. The WAC is constantly evolving. We know uh, UTSA Tech San Antonio is yeah. not joining the WAC. Yeah. So, uh, well, in fact, uh, Coach uh, Franchione and uh, Coach Coker will both be at the uh, football media day, so I'm in, uh, I'll be uh, giving out uh, that report from there. Um, and that is on uh, July the, the 26th, no, the 27th and 28th, because uh, the Big 12 is on the 24th and the 26th. See, see, ladies and gentlemen, see what you're getting here. We talked about uh, basketball, we talked about football, we touched on a few other things, a few other topics. I hope you enjoy KD, this initial inaugural first podcast of the KG and Fifth Water Wildcat show. I'm not sure you're going to call it a show. This is a podcast right now. We may evolve into uh, taking emails or, or at some point down the line having a video and putting on on the internet, on YouTube. You know, we have a lot of plans in, in our minds. We haven't put everything on, you know, on paper, pen to paper, but uh, we'll see how things go. We hope you like it. Uh, be, you know, it's something that we enjoy doing. It's a passion for me and for him. So we hope you like it. And then to wrap it up, be true, be cool, and do more.